making waves, inspiring change, opening doors to an equal future. Here on the Trapes and Globe on Wheels Disability Advocacy Podcast, host Ming Canada journeys with an array of guests through the multifaceted world of disability advocacy. Guests will share their insights and will discuss some of today's most crucial questions and topics, as well as provide perspectives into the current disability rights movement and lifestyles of people around the world. Let's make waves together in the disability movement. Enjoy the episode. Jennifer Smith, Mary, welcome to the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Hi, it's good to be here. So I'm going to read your bio just to give our listeners and viewers a bit of context, okay? Mm-hmm. Dr. Jennifer Smith, Mary, is Associate Professor in the Faculty of Health Sciences at the University of Sydney. Jen is the Director of the Center for Disability Research and Policy. Jen also leads the Mental Health and Disability Research in the Faculty. Jen has a PhD in policy from the University of Queensland, and her academic research has focused on policy and service development, primarily in mental health and the study of adverse events. In regards to your work uh, as a disability advocate at CDRP or other areas that you've done, uh, other places that you've done disability advocacy work, who has shaped you the most? What role models do you have is influences from families, family members and friends. I know you say you have a child with disabilities, so that inevitably shapes your work, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What influences your work and how you approach disability advocacy? I think I'm very much influenced by the people with lived experience of disability that I come into contact with every day through my work. I think it's a constant process of learning because I don't hold that experience myself. So I need to learn and talk to people in order to understand their lived experience. The people that have been most influential for me are the people who who make connections all the time. So they make connections uh, to policymakers. They're talking to services. They are talking to people with lived experience and therefore that makes their work as an academic relevant. So there needs to be some sort of mechanism for having that information go into the the place where actually policy is being written. And often that, that is absent. So the the best way for that happening is actually having people with lived experience of disability involved in actually writing the policy. But often that's missing. So I know you recently led the development of the Mind the Gap report, right? In the NDIS and psychosocial disabilities. So what are the key findings of this report? Um, What are some gaps and solutions that you suggested? And also touch on the complexity of trying to include so many different types of disabilities Mm -hmm. in this scheme, in the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Because as you know, if you look at the history of disability, a few decades ago, it was people with physical disabilities that was considered a disability. And then later, more severe forms of mental disabilities, more, more, should I say, obvious forms of mental, intellectual, cognitive forms were included. 
And then now we have different mental health uh, situations that are also included. And so with more and more people considered disabled and many, many people being able to, to make the case for that, how does that further complicate the process of creating a national scheme, uh, healthcare yeah. scheme for such a broad group of people and making sure that financially you're able to cover everybody appropriately? Okay, yeah, they're really great questions. So I'll just start by telling uh, you and your viewers about the National Disability Insurance Scheme because it's, 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 a, it's, it's sort of a unique scheme. So in Australia, we were really falling behind in the social inclusion of people with disability compared to other OECD countries. Um, so people were not, were, were living pretty marginalised lives and they were not being included in society. So the National Disability Insurance Scheme was brought in by uh, our Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, former Labor Prime Minister, Julia Gillard. And it is, a, it is actually a really great scheme because at the heart of it is this idea that people should, with disability should be in the community. They should be living meaningful lives and that we need to put in place social supports that will allow them to do that. Um, and that they have, it's a human right that they're involved in society. So in order to do that, the, this, the National Disability Insurance Scheme was created. It was created through an increase in taxation in Australia, which people were quite happy with, um, and through closing down other programs and rolling them into the NDIS, which has caused some problems, which I'll talk about in a minute. It's only for around 690,000 Australians. And that means that it's only for people with quite severe functional um, impairments. And that means that uh, it's, it doesn't cover all people with disabilities. So individuals who apply to the NDIS are assessed and then depending on their functional needs in particular areas, they're provided with individual budgets and they can choose how to spend that money within those confines. So they can say, okay, well, I'm going to choose this provider to provide me with assistance for showering or going out to social functions or things like that. So there's budgets and people can decide what to do with them themselves. So that's really good because it's saying, okay, you're the person, you know your life, you, you choose. It, it's done on a market-driven approach so that a market is meant to be created around disability where people are able to choose providers. In reality, it doesn't work so well because in some areas, there's no market. So in remote and regional in Australia, there's not very many services and they're very expensive to run. And they're particularly expensive to run for people with very high, maybe behavioral or psychosocial disabilities. And so they may not have any services to choose from. So that's one of the problems that we were highlighting in our report. I see. And so these are for the most severe cases where they're unable to work. Mm. And if reasonable accommodation is possible, then 
it wouldn't be given to those individuals with disabilities, right? Yeah, I think you're looking at, okay, um, if they're able to function in their lives at the moment with the accommodations that are in place that they get from other, you know, publicly funded government schemes, so not they're not spending thousands of dollars out of pocket, then, then yeah, they don't need the NDIS. That, that would be a reasonable assumption. But for a lot of people, they hadn't been getting very much support and were living fairly marginal, fairly marginal lives and were not able to, to function appropriately. So the aim would be you're putting functional supports in place so people can be more included and then they can be employed themselves. And ideally, an individual's reliance on the NDIS might decrease over time as people are more able to provide for themselves. I don't know the extent to which that is happening yet. What do you hope to personally achieve through being a part of uh, the Center for Disability Research and Policy? I hope to achieve a better life for people with disability. The life that they should be living if society weren't putting obstacles in their way. We need to not put obstacles in people's way, we need to put accommodations in people's way so that we can help people to live the lives that they, they should be living. And what is that better life? What components are you hoping to be there that are currently lacking? I think inclusion in society, number one, employment. We have very poor employment rates for people with disability in Australia. We have so few employers that are wanting or feel able to employ people with disability. And it's not because people, that people's disabilities are too complex. We lack a disability confidence amongst employers. So people think, oh, I, I don't know anything about disability. I'm not going to be able to employ people. So we have very low literacy in our society about the reality of disability and the reality of things like employing people or including people with disability. So the change is trying to change society so that people see people with disability, understand, so they, you know, see people in society, understand that people with disability can be accommodated in appropriate ways um, so that they can thrive and that people, um, then there's a knock-on effect so people, employers think they're able to employ people and then employment levels might rise. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and came away with some information that you can now take with you to create your own change. If you would like more information about Trapes and Globe Lawn Wheels, please visit trapesandglobelonwheels.com. And that's Trapesin, T-R-A-I-P-S-I-N. And for updates and other TGOW-related news, follow our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, both with handles Trapes and Globe Lawn Wheels, and then also LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find the links below in the description box or on our main channel page. We sincerely appreciate your support and we'll catch you again next time.